This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Welcome to Reimagine Law. Uh, today, we are going to be speaking to Simon, Simon Rochwald um, of My Kind of Future. As you know, we have been um, recording a few podcasts um, out of the request of our listeners, just around our own career journeys. Um, and I've got the pleasure today to be talking to Simon. Say hi, Simon. Hey, Kerry. Should I be nervous? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I'm sure you love talking about yourself. It's not at all awkward. <laughs> um, it'd be great, I think, just to give us a little bit of a snapshot of your of your career journey so far, because it is so far. It's, you know, not over yet. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, good job people can't see me. Otherwise, looking at them, I think it's, it is nearly over. <laughs> so I went to university. I was very lucky. But uh, like lots of people, when I left university, I was clueless about what I wanted to do as a career. Um, I just had a great time at university. And uh, so I, I drifted into various roles in London uh, because I thought, well, one, I wanted to get away from home. Uh, and, and two, uh, I thought the streets would be paved with gold in London. So I thought that was a place to go and, and have this amazing career and, and make, you know, uh, uh, and so on. But uh, that didn't happen. I got jobs, but the streets were not paved with gold. Um, but I was really fortunate in about a year and a half into my time uh, in London, probably a bit less now, actually, I was contacted uh, uh, to join a startup. Uh, and that startup uh, was recruiting graduates to go into sales, but not just recruiting them, we trained them as well. Um, An irony of irony, the job uh, was based back in my hometown. So having desperately tried to get away, uh, <laughs> I, um, I found myself back in my hometown. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and so the startup was, we took this concept of both recruiting, but then training graduates to go into sales. Um, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, and, and by the age of, so it, I was 26 by then when I found out what it is that I enjoyed doing from a career perspective, which was... Uh, uh, giving graduates, you know, an, an, an opportunity to get into a career um, where they could very quickly uh, uh, become really successful. And, and the, the bit I really enjoyed is we didn't just recruit them into a job and say, good luck. We trained them uh, to, to sell. And so they came to us for four weeks at this training center that we had, uh, and we trained them up to, 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 to sell. So I did that for uh, about four and a half, five years. Uh, and it was a brand new startup, never been done before. Uh, we grew the company really quickly. Uh, I then took it into Ireland and Holland um, uh, and doing the same there. Um, so yeah, it was really exciting, really good fun. Uh, all the excitement that goes with a startup. Um, so learning from hundreds of mistakes about how you should and shouldn't do things. And then yeah, I was about four or five years in, I then got married and uh, I went on honeymoon. And uh, as you do when you go away, when something big like that happens in your life, I had a bit of a, what do I do in my life? When do I get from here? And I decided <clears throat> it was time for a new challenge. So I came back and I quit. I didn't have another job to go to, but I just felt it was time. Um, uh, and um, uh, I, I then joined uh, 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 an organization. Again, it was a big recruitment business and they had various recruitment divisions, had about nine different recruitment divisions. And one of them was another startup, and it was essentially putting um, recruitment agencies onto university campuses. So finding students, and exclusively only students, part-time work that fit around their studies, that was properly paid, 
and was a proper job that would help them get good experience, earn more money, but they could fit around their academic studies. Um, and my job was to set that business up uh, uh, in the first university and then sell it into other universities. So sell the concept. And of course, this was back in a time when uh, you know students more and more needed to work during term time to to kind of pay for their lives. Um, so I, I launched into five different universities across the UK um, as they getting students temporary job, and then as they came up to graduating, helping them get into permanent work. And that was all good fun and really exciting. And again, another startup, really enjoyed that working in the university space. So I was literally, we had space physically on campus. So it was uh, it, it was great. And students obviously wandering in and saying, can I get a job? Um, so, uh, uh, so that was that. And then about two and a half years into that, I was then headhunted um, to join a headhunt business. And it's a part of recruitment I'd never done before. So I'd done temporary recruitment, I'd done permanent recruitment, but I'd never done headhunt. So I thought that would be another good kind of string to my bow. Uh, so I joined a headhunt business um, uh, 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 and that was in the food and drink industry. So recruiting uh, senior folk for, for that. Uh, uh, and I love food and drinks. That was a really interesting sector for me to be in. Uh, so I enjoyed that. And, and then I'd, I'd essentially joined two startups joined a fairly small headhunt business and helped grow that. And I kind of started to think, you know what, maybe I could do this for myself. And I think what often happens with lots of people when they start their own business up, that they believe they can do it better <laughs> themselves. So that's what I did. I kind of thought, oh, I think I can do this. And I've, I'd learned lots from all the other companies, you know, those three other businesses I'd worked from. And I'd learned lots of great stuff. But I also learned what I thought was how not to do things. So I've kind of learned from, from both sides of it. And I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll start my own business up recruiting graduates for, um, uh, for, for employer organizations. And this happened at the time when uh, my wife was about to have uh, our child, Lily. So what better time to leave permanent well-paid employment and have a startup <laughs> when my wife is about to have our daughter Lily. That was a big, big deep breath moment, I'm it sure. It really was. It really was. But but I'll be honest, part of the reason behind it is these three other roles I'd had had me traveling all over the UK because I had offices all over the UK and Europe in, in that first role. And I was just never home. And we're about to have our daughter, uh, Lily, who's now 18, um, uh, uh, as I talked to you today. Um, but I just wanted to be around. Um, yeah. uh, and it was it was really important to me. Um, and, and particularly as Lily turned out to be our uh, uh, only child. Um, so mm -hmm. I was really pleased I made that decision because actually I was around because I set my business up in the loft of my house. Um, and my plan was... I'll do this for three years uh, and, and then I'll kind of grow. But within about 18 months, I had some really big clients who would have been horrified if I was in the loft of a house that I was doing all this uh, grad recruitment for them. So I made a decision to, to then get kind of proper offices and hire people um, as opposed to having associates. So kind of um, people on contract with me. Um, and I kind of grew the business and, and we started growing the business and doing more, more graduate recruitment. Um, uh, and, and, but as part of that work, one of the things I did on a kind of pro bono basis is I, I went into universities all across the UK talking to students about how to get a graduate job. Because one of the things I was mm -hmm. finding is too many graduates and, and, and undergrads just weren't prepared for the job hunting market and how tough and how competitive it was and still is. Um, so I, I, I created this 
session I used to run called How to Get the Best Graduate Job. And in essentially an hour, I tell them everything, everything they need to know, but from the employer perspective. So why employers do what they do, how to do well at it, all that kind of stuff. And so I went to universities all over the UK running these sessions, mm -hmm. totally pro bono, just as a, I felt it was something important to do. Yeah. And I, we, we've talked about this in one of our podcasts, Kerry, and we've, we've talked about uh, uh, mindset. And, and one of the mindsets for me is you have to give to get. So I was doing all this stuff in, in, in all these universities. And then I got a phone call from an organization saying, Simon, we'd really love to chat to you. We know that what you do in universities, we'd love to have a conversation. We think it's an interesting opportunity for you. Sorry, okay, that sounds interesting. And essentially I was approached and asked to take over the running of a, what was then about a 30, 35 year old student society network called the Student Industrial Society. Oh yes, I remember the Student Industrial Society. Wow. Yeah, so, so and, and essentially it was an employability society run by students for students on universities, but it had gone into decline. Um, it was operating in maybe 10 or 11 universities. It was like any normal student society, but it was a network of student societies under this brand of, I mean, Student Industrial Society was a terrible name, so it was called SIS to try and sound a bit funky. Um, uh, um, so you know, I was approached to take it on and, and I was really excited by the opportunity because I'd been going to universities as an individual doing these sessions. And I thought, actually, if I've got a network of student societies across the UK, we can have loads of students doing this. So we can have committee members of all these societies doing this work. So long and short of it was on, we took it on, we rebranded it, Student Industrial Society, terrible name. So we called it Bright Futures. Uh, and we took it from 12 to 50 universities across the UK. With the bright future society in about three years um and it was all about empowering students to own their own employability so i'm a big i get really cross about employability being done to students i think that if you help students understand the market what employers need what's important they're plenty plenty smart enough and far smarter than me to come up with really innovative ways to bring this content to life to engage students and that's what we did through the society and it was brilliant and i really i'm, I'm to this day I'm, I'm still hugely proud of it uh um and, and 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 what they um did sounds like you should be i mean that was such growth wasn't it 12 to 50 universities in three years that's really rapid growth yeah it was it was really brilliant and you know it, it it wasn't an easy journey um but but it was brilliant and we had some obviously fantastic people helping me uh, to 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 do that um and then about 7 years ago i started to see in the market a growing move uh, the, essentially the growth of apprenticeships mm -hmm. was starting to 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 come to life um and i started to see organize and i felt the direction of travel within the early talent space I could see this coming together of grads and apprentice recruitment in organizations too often. Back then it was, you know, you had a graduate recruitment team and maybe an apprentice recruitment team, but I started to see this maybe coming together. Uh, and, and again, by great coincidence, I was speaking at an event and someone came up to me and said, oh, you should chat to this guy because he's got a business and I think that might be interesting. Uh, and, and this other business was in the apprentice and school space. I was in the university and graduate space. My business was called Bright Futures. This other business was called My Kind of Crowd. And we merged the two businesses to become My Kind of Future. So we just squished the two names together. Um, and, and the thinking was, you know, let's offer employers that kind of all under one roof, mm. that apprentice and, and, and graduate piece. Uh, uh, um, 
my kind of crowd had an amazing network into schools and colleges. We had an amazing network into universities. Um, and so my kind of future was uh, uh, kind of moved forward. And, and, and that's what I've been doing for the last um, seven years. And more recently, we've been really developing our tech because again, and this is part of that scale piece. So a bit like me going individually into universities and talking about how to get the best graduate job. What we wanted, to, uh, what we felt we could do through tech is positively impact the lives of more people by giving students access to great content, but not just great content, digital mentors. So actually mm. being able to connect with existing grads, existing apprentices who work in companies right now and in a one-to-one -one environment, just be able to talk to them and find out what it's really like. And that's particularly important to me because my kind of future, we're a social enterprise uh, and our, our mission is about supporting underrepresented talent, get into work, and then progress when in work. And one of the challenges that uh, a lot of underrepresented talent have is a lack of networks. Mm. And we can use te technology to provide them with a ready-made network of people who want to talk to them. So rather than like LinkedIn, where you hope someone might want to connect with you, through our platform, the mentors on the platform want to be connected with, they want to talk to, because they're probably grads themselves or apprentices themselves. So, so I guess that's been my career journey. And the final part of it, I guess, is which is the second part of our mission is increasingly I'm really focused on that progression piece. So when you join an organization, how do you get on and how do you progress and do well? Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's a real big growing focus. And, and, mm -hmm. and a big part of that where it's becoming really clear is the power and importance of mentors. And we do pod, we've done various podcasts about, uh, about the value and importance of, of, uh, of mentors. And again, using technology to, to, scale that up and make it accessible uh to to people so yeah that and, and we're still trucking and we're still going well, that's amazing i mean you're obviously a, a serial entrepreneur um you know having having worked in all those various startups and then and then created those businesses yourself and and i can absolutely see the build as you've gone along i mean even what you did with the sis and and using the student networks to support students' development at the time, you know, my kind of future and what you're doing on the digital platforms is just another build on that, isn't it? So it's absolutely fascinating. If you were to, um, if you were to sort of look back and think, okay, you know, it, would I have done anything differently, um, or you know, what what was your sort of biggest lesson that you learned um, along the way? What would it be? I think the biggest lesson I learned is that give more than you're asked to give, and amazing things happen not from where you might expect it. Uh, and, well, like, for example, did I go looking for SIS? No, it came to me. You know, on, on the back of the work that I've done through that, that society, the University of Lancaster Management School approached me and asked me to be an honorary teaching fellow at Lancaster University. I'm like, hello? How on earth did that happen to me? Um, you know, again, I didn't even know that existed. I didn't know it was a thing. But that opportunity, you know, has, uh, has come to me. So... I'm also involved in another organization, which is the Institute for Student Employers, which is a network of employer organizations. Um, uh, and it's a membership body and it's about, you know, helping firms to share and learn best practice about, you know, apprentice and grad recruitment and development. Um, and again, on the back, and I just spent loads of time helping that organization. And then I was asked if I wanted to be a board member. Well, I went through a process and I was selected to be a board member. But so, so I think giving more than has been asked of me has probably been the biggest lesson that I've learned and as a result of it 
I've been given so many amazing opportunities that I would have never dreamt I could have had. Yeah, and I think by doing that, you extend your network, don't you? You extend who you have exposure to and who you meet, and therefore um, those opportunities build out as as you go because it's it's all about people isn't it exactly and you keep learning stuff because that's the other really important thing for me you know I mentioned earlier this progression piece for 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 me is becoming a more and more of a passion for me and there's so much Mm -hmm. new learning in that you know do I know how to recruit people into organizations yeah can I be better yes but you know I'm I'm, you know I'm, I'm pretty confident I know what I'm doing and I won't make a mess of it but progression is a whole load of new stuff to learn about what are the drivers, what are the barriers to people progressing? How do we overcome those barriers? Um, and again, come back to that point, I'm, I'm now involved in a government task force looking at this, working with some incredibly senior, amazing people who, I, again, I'm just learning so much from um, uh, as a result of that. Giving more well, than it's fascinating, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, you, I think at the end of the day, the progression piece is is key because it's all very well recruiting people in and and getting them the opportunities in the first place, but they, you know, they themselves need to succeed within those roles or progress within the industries. And you know, if they don't stay, then that that dial isn't going to shift, especially when you're talking about underrepresented um, individuals. Um, and so. I think being involved in that that much broader initiative, you know, you can really, really make a difference there. So it's, it's very, very impressive, Simon. Thank you. Yeah, and you're right. I, I think it's all good knowing there's opportunity or being shown where the opportunities are, but if you don't know how to grasp them and make the most of them and navigate what can be quite a daunting space, then there's a very big risk that you don't make the most of it. Uh, and I think that's a, a, a loss for the individual, but it's also, it's also a loss for the business because it means they've got all these talented people who don't, with just a little bit of help and just having someone in their corner can really make the most of those opportunities. And everyone wins out of that. The individual wins, the business wins, whoever that business is serving wins. Remember an old boss of mine used to say, recruiting someone is the beginning of the work. It, it's then about you know helping them to do more. Yeah. And if, if along the way, um, when you were sort of thinking about your career and how to navigate your career and, and the next steps and trying to, you know, build out those opportunities that you've talked about, did you get any advice along the way yourself? Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I've, listen, I've had loads of advice over the years. And I've probably, if I'm honest, I should have listened to more of it, I, I suspect. <laughs> uh, um, one that just immediately springs to mind, and I continue to use this expression, a lot with people I work with. So I'm definitely stealing someone else's expression. Um, and that is, you can't ride two horses with one backside. You will fall off. And I think what that is about is focus. You know, if you try and do too many things, the risk is you do a half-assed job of all of them. So, uh, and, and that focus piece is, is def- and I'm definitely someone who's guilty of doing that, of trying to do too much. So it's something I keep reminding myself of because I know when I am focused, bluntly, I do a better job because I put more of my efforts, more of my time onto it. And it means sometimes I have to make some quite tough decisions about what I don't do. 
And that's not an easy thing to do. I think particularly when you're starting out, you're trying to make an impact on your career and you're trying to, you know, make a mark for yourself and be noticed and all that kind of stuff. But I think that focus piece, I think, has been, continues to be something, again, knowing myself as I do. If I think back, Kerry, to our first ever podcast, which was Know Yourself, that's what I have to keep because I know what I'm like. I'll keep wanting to try and do lots of stuff and, uh, and, and I keep having to remind myself to be focused. Uh, really good advice really good advice I think and and you're you're absolutely right I think the other the other thing is around that kind of it's it's a marathon isn't it a career I think we said that in our first podcast as well it's a marathon a career is it's not it it will evolve over time as as yours has as you know as all of ours have and and therefore um not thinking that there's a a a finite amount of time for you to to achieve what you want to achieve and and that things will, will change really really interesting and just finally then, Simon, um, you've talked a lot about, you know, uh, progression and, and, and sort of the mission of my kind of future. Um, but what, as a sort of a broader question, what's your sort of real kind of hope or wish for the, for the future in terms of the world of work? Yeah, if, I, I think two things, really. One, with my progression hat on, for example, this work I'm doing with this government task force, I, I think that the enthusiasm uh, and desire that I'm very strongly getting from the senior leaders that I'm working within translates into action. Um, In fact, just last night, uh, I'm not based in London, uh, but I come up to our London office fairly frequently. And I was sitting reading the evening standard last night and and looking at stuff around the importance of action. And in a period of a day, I'd seen stuff about the pay gap uh, and not enough action being taken. We've got the conference about the environment coming up in about a week's time in Glasgow. And you've got Prince Charles talking about people need to commit to taking actions, not just saying good words, but actually what the actions are. So I think one of my real hopes is that around that progression piece is a piece around action and that firms actually take actions that, that will bring about genuine change and, and bring that equity of opportunity um and and all the benefits that come with everybody for that and then if i think about the early talent space i think my big hope is the continued rise of apprenticeships not because they're better than being a grad or going down the graduate route but because they provide a genuinely different route for a person to progress and 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 build and develop a really successful um a, a really successful career so my, my big hope from an early talent point of view is the brilliant progress that I've seen made over the last number of years around apprentices continue. And that, you know, when people are coming, you know, through school, through college, you know, they realize they've got genuine choice. I could go to university, I could get a degree and, and go on and try and get a graduate job. And that's a great route, but also I could get an apprenticeship and, and, and I could go down that route. And that's a great option for me as well. So I think that's my other big hope is that great progress that's been made continues to accelerate great fantastic well thank you let's hope that um both of those uh wishes come true (laughs) Uh, it's been really really great talking to you simon been fascinating i've learned a lot actually myself about your your uh, your journey there and um but thanks very much for taking the time to 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 tell us all about it and uh we'll speak again soon no doubt you can be sure kerry thank you very much (laughs) 